Okay, today we come to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is one of the most well-known chapters in the Bible. One that a few generations ago, um, students often memorized in its entirety in school. It's a, a chapter that uh, if you haven't heard anywhere else, you've probably heard at a wedding uh, because of its focus on love. Let's not forget, though, the context of this chapter and how it falls right in the middle of a section in 1 Corinthians where Paul is instructing them on how to act toward one another and how to use their spiritual gifts in the service of one another in the church. So having noted that, let's think about a couple of things that we find here. Um, one, um, maybe something you've heard before, it's not just what you do, it's how you do it. Or it's not how, what you say, it's how you say it. Um, this, in my estimation, is the basic point of the chapter. Paul began his discuss, discussion of spiritual gifts in the last chapter, uh, noting that, as we said, each and every Christian has been given spiritual gifts to be used for the benefit of the church. For some, it's teaching. For others, it's service. Yet for others, it's discernment and wisdom. There's a variety of gifts, and every Christian has at least one. Apparently, the, the Corinthians were boasting in the different spiritual gifts they had and being prideful about the particular gifts that they had rather than using them in the way that God intended them to use the gifts he had given them. So Paul here tries to set them straight on that and he opens the chapter uh, with some blistering, uh, one way to say it, statements. He piles up one exalted hypothetical after another and for each one says that they are worthless if love is not present. Uh, he says in verse verses 1 and 2, that he could have the most jaw-dropping gifts. If I could speak in the tongues of men and of angels, uh, and if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, um, and if I have all faith so as to move mountains, I mean, those are uh, just hy hyperbole, uh, the most exalted uh, kind of gifts he could imagine and he says in verse 3 if he could sacrifice himself to the fullest he says it accomplishes nothing for the glory of God if it's not motivated by love some people it is true do a lot for the church and serve it in many different ways but then almost use that fact as ammunition against other people they allow their service to become uh, a source of pride in themselves which turns into Bitterness against other people who do not serve as much as they do or who don't shower them with thanksgiving or acknowledge them for all their efforts. That kind of attitude shows that it's not love for the Lord that is motivating the work, but love of self. And Paul is aiming here in this chapter to correct that so that Christ-like love is the motivator in all that we do in the church and in life. But according to this chapter, what does love look like? Some of the most famous verses in the chapter are verses 4 to 7 where Paul describes the characteristics of Christian love. Paul says it is patient. Why? Because love doesn't uh, expect perfection in other people, fully acknowledging that we ourselves aren't perfect. Paul says love is kind. Why? Because love doesn't base actions on what we perceive someone deserves. Love, Paul says, doesn't envy other people because love makes a person content with what he or she has and makes a person rejoice in what others have instead of being envious of it. 
Paul says love doesn't boast. Why? This is because Christian love knows that all we have is a gift of God and thus no reason to boast. Furthermore, boasting is unkind toward those who have less. And he's already told us that love is kind. Paul says love isn't arrogant. And this is so because arrogance demonstrates a love of self that outweighs our love for God. Love isn't rude. Do I need to even explain that? <laughs> and here's the big one. Love doesn't insist on its own way. Why? Because Christ-like love is, well, Christ-like. Jesus said he didn't come to be served, but to serve, Mark 10, 45, and to count others more significant than himself, Philippians 2, 3. Paul says that love isn't irritable, and we should face it. Often um, our uh, irritability is, is um, well, almost always, it's, at least mine is, is self-centered and, um, and unnecessary. Paul says love is not resentful for the same reason that love doesn't envy. Love doesn't rejoice at wrongdoing, but does rejoice in the truth because Christian love loves the things that God loves. And finally, Paul says, love bears all things. That's another way of saying that love is patient. And love believes all things. That doesn't mean that love is gullible, but what, it, what, what, what love believes all things means is it's always wanting to believe the best about someone and give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, that's something that is far too absent, I think, in the attitudes of many Christians, to give others the benefit of the doubt and believe the best about them. And it says love endures all things because love never gives up hope. In other words, love is one radically beautiful thing. And if that's what it looks like, I'm glad it never ends, <laughs> according to verse 8. Well, the last thing I just want to say a word about is how will we know in heaven? How will we know in heaven? I get often get asked the question about heaven, and um, one in particular is, what will we know in heaven? Or even more specific, will we know each other in heaven? Um, will our loved ones who have gone on before us, will they know us and will we know them when we get to heaven? Well, just briefly, Paul gives us an answer to that question toward the end of this chapter, and the answer is yes. The relationships will be different in heaven, but we will most definitely know each other in the most joyful place imaginable Paul says in verse 12 now I know in part then I shall know fully even as, even as I have been fully known however extensive that knowledge may be it means next to nothing if it means we won't even know each other so I don't know about you but I look forward to that day and those are a couple of thoughts from first Corinthians chapter 13